The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Might Radio. We have such an exciting show today. I'm smiling from ear to ear because we have Anita Shore, who is a Holocaust survivor, who has, after a long, long period of silence, I think something like 75 years, she's finally talking. And we have the author of the book, Be a Hero, which is the story of Anita, written by Marion Stahl. And we have a teacher from Tulare Union High School in California, Andre, with his entire class of students in the high school of Tulare to listen to this show. So it's really, really exciting. And before I start, I just want to say a tiny little synopsis about Anita's book. This book is about the devastating effects of the pyramid of hate. It has taken 70 years for Anita to share what she feels and her experiences as a young girl during the Second World War. Every word is still trapped in her heart. Now, for the students out there, I am sure that you're excited to talk to Anita. So, Anita, welcome to the show. Thank you. You are like um, my hero because you know what, Anita, I think your story is wonderful. But what is even more wonderful is that you're willing to share it with students and that you're willing to tell them that there's a call of action for them to learn something about your story. In real short, can you in like two minutes just tell these students before they start asking you questions, how did you feel to be a survivor of the Holocaust? From, from the beginning, I just wanted to be like everybody else. I started okay. to speak uh, when the Holocaust Museum in Washington opened. That was uh, 1993. So that's about 20 years now that I am speaking. Actually, 24 years already. No, no, no. It's 20, 20 years, right? Okay. And? And uh, I, am, I decided after I retired in 95, in 2005, that when I was 75 years old at that time, that, that I will not say no to any engagement. And it's a little bit difficult right now because I am really, there's very few of us left. So yes, I go from school to school, and it is amazing how the young students want to hear and they want to make a better world. 
So do you hear this, guys? It is so amazing to have a Holocaust survivor that's actually still alive. She's not just alive. She is every day going to schools, every day having interviews. And her book is like really selling off the shelves because all of you are so interested in history. So which student would like to go first? And I have a little request. Whoever wants to go first with a question for Anita and feel free to call her Anita and ask anything should go out of the classroom with the phone of the teacher, Andre, because otherwise we have a, um, a reverberating little echo. Is that possible, guys? Okay, so who yes. is the student who would like to go first? I will go first. Okay, what's your name? Um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, feel free. You have the platform and ask Anita anything you want. Um, do you hate Germans? Do I what? Do, do I hate Germans? Yes. No, yes. I do not hate the Germans. Mm -hmm. I hate the Nazis. We have to be very careful how we deal with hate. Hate is something that really consumes you. And I am not a hateful person. I'm a very positive person. And when I look at another human being, they are all wonderful for me and they have to prove themselves differently uh, before I start not liking them. But Germans, you cannot, you cannot uh, point a finger at somebody who was born because you do not pick where you are born, but you pick and decide how you want to live your life. And Elizabeth, Anita said something really interesting, which I'm going to refresh her memory for that. Anita, remember in our first interview, you, you also said that there were a lot of Germans that joined the Nazi group because they were forced. Remember of you said something Yeah, of like course, that? of course. Not only were they forced, I think one of the very important part of the rise of Hitler was that he inflicted such fear into the people that didn't go along with him because he said it right uh, in in November in in 38 in Schönbrunn in Vienna he said if you are not with me you are against me and that was practiced pretty 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 severely do you understand that elizabeth Yes, I do. Okay, super. Okay, next question, please. Um, how do you feel about the showers today? Could you please repeat it? How do you feel about the showers today? How about, how how do I feel about what did you showers say? showers the showers? Well, for a long, long time. I did not take a shower. I always took a bath because the memory of what could come out of the shower head was really haunting me. But right now, at this point, so many years later, I've taken showers at this point. But Anita, could you explain to these students what is the emotion? Because even I don't know, because none of us have experienced what you have. What is the emotion? To, to to be so afraid to take a shower, explain a little bit to these yes, students. In, in Auschwitz, the showers and the gas chambers looked identical. There were rooms like the size of a smaller room with three, four rats in the 
up and then shower heads on each of these rods and some of the rooms were water coming out and in the, in the other rooms there was gas coming out so we never knew the fear and the anxiety to go to take a shower was overwhelming because we never knew which room we will be winding up so I of course took a shower otherwise I wouldn't be here of course yeah Amazing. Next student, please. Hi, my name is Colin. Hi, Colin. Welcome. Feel free to ask anything to anytime. Please speak up. Uh, how do you feel about the tattoos left on your arm? Uh, how, how about... You know, How do I, you I, feel about the tattoos on your arm? Before you answer that question, Anita, maybe you need to explain to the children why, the students, why you actually received a tattoo. The tattoo was uh, identification. They said 71,569,71,561 is now your name. We lost our names. Nobody from that point will call us by our name. Only between us we will call each other by name. But officially we were now a number and that number had to be remembered in German and many people didn't speak German so for them it was absolutely frightening how are they going to respond because in Auschwitz there was only one punishment and the punishment was you get shot and where were you born Anita? I was born in Czechoslovakia that is now the Czech Republic in the city of Brno, B-R-N-O, right on the Austrian border, about an hour by car to Vienna, so we were very connected in the time of peace with Austria. Okay. Could you tell the students that beautiful story of that student that actually got not only a chance to meet you in person, but got a chance to look at your tattoo. Uh, that was a middle school, and I made my presentation. And usually after the presentation, after they give me a standing ovation, and I'm all very excited, they come and now they make pictures and hugs and all this stuff that is very, very emotional. One young student, uh, said, could I see your number again, please? Because I'm showing it like into an auditorium. And he puts his fingers on my tattoo and turns to his friend and says, I just touched history. Yes, beautiful. But how do you feel today in having a tattoo like that? Because that was the original question, I think, of Colin. I'm glad I didn't take it away. I was contemplating it, I must admit. I wanted to put the Holocaust behind me and don't remember anything. You have to understand, I had nightmares until maybe my late 40s. I was a totally grown-up person when finally the, the, the nightmare didn't, did, nightmares did not uh, control my nights. Wow, that's amazing. You know what? We're just going to go at, uh, in a commercial break and we'll be right back, everyone. Commercial break.
find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. And for everyone who's just tuning in right now, we have an exciting live show with Anita Shore, a Holocaust survivor. And Marion Stahl, the author, and not to forget, most importantly, the students of Tulare Union High School with their teacher, Andre. So, one of the questions that I have that I just want to put out there so that the students know, Marion, you wrote the book for Anita. You wrote her story. First of all, why were you passionate in bringing that story? And who is it that you wanted to reach? Apart from everyone, you were really interested in bringing this to students. Marion. Yes. Um, I was very touched first by Anita's kindness, dedication, and the message she was illustrating to schools about bullying. Um, I just was amazed that a person who had lived such a terrible event would dedicate her life in trying to teach young adults how we could avoid doing that. I felt like she should be angry, frustrated. Instead, she was such a kind woman. And at age 84, still she is going to school three, four times a week. She's completely devoted, and that touched me so deeply. I said, I have to do something for this lady. I just am so... I had already uh, written another book, and I said, this is going to be my second book. So I went, and we talked on the phone and kind of put her story together. Then I also uh, wanted to write it in the voice that she had as a young girl, because I thought you guys in school would be more interested. I hated history when I was in school. I just thought it was, I just couldn't (laughs) connect. 
So I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just tell a story so that they would fall in love with Anita. I want to know all about Europe, about Germany, and how not to repeat Second World War and be better people. And uh, okay. through the history teaching, you know, menu. That's it. I've and why the title passion. Be a Hero? For the students, that's really interesting to know. Well, Anita's uh, message to the children in school has been step in and be your hero. Don't let people bully you. Uh, you know, don't let people push you around. You know, become a bully. So step in and be your hero, but without bullying. Just be a kind person. And that's why we are now talking with Gabriella, who really is trying to pass a message of kindness through her radio show. Absolutely. And I, for the students out there, um, of Tuleri, I know you're listening to this. There are two versions of the book, just so you know. Marion can explain that in two seconds. There is one version that's more for adults um, that has Anita's uh, beautiful picture on, and there is one that is for a textbook. It's available in regular paperback. It's also available in Kindle. And school can uh, sign on to Amazon's um, library, I believe, so that they can use the book uh, at a forfeit price. Uh, and our idea is that teachers could use that in their classroom to um, well, to bring... To educate. Yeah. And to bring Anita to their classroom as a little girl and, and nice. so they understand what it was like to be a little girl living in a different place. And that's the one, guys, out there? That's the one with the piano and children's hands on the keyboard. That's what you see on the book. All right. Thank you so much, Marion. We're going to go back to Andre. Andre, which student would like to ask Anita a question? Any question on the Holocaust or something that you saw in your classroom? Because I know that you're studying this subject. Uh, hi, Anita. This is Tara. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, how hard was it to start over after the war? I, I'm, I'm not Okay, Anita, she asked how hard it was to start over after the war. <sighs> It was extremely difficult because understand, I was four years in a concentration camp. When I came back, my last report card was from fifth grade and they wanted me to go to sixth grade. And I said, I cannot go with 11 year old kids. I, it's, I'm 15, I saw life and death. Please let me study, I will study hard, I will study hard because I also must find some profession to, um, to to be able to support myself. I always wanted to be a doctor. Actually, I wanted to be a surgeon. And just for the heck of it, when I was little, the other girls were dressing their dolls. I was cutting them up. I was practicing. <laughs> but, but then I asked myself, what is my second talent if I cannot be a doctor in the art? I said, all right. Yeah, you always displayed what I was doing. I wasn't that... Uh, I didn't think I was that good, but I figured to get into the state art school. They said, we cannot take you until, until you don't finish your, your general studies. So all the doors were closed. I was desperate. I was, I was desperate because my mom, my dad, my little brother, my aunt, my, nobody came back. I was 
too old to be outside, like, you know. And do, but your, and, your, your yes. family was wiped out in one go, right, Anita? All, all of them were gone. Yes. All of them were gone. I would love but for the was, student... There's one little thing I would like to okay. mention, that I was 15 years old and I went through life and this and through... through which is not really describable. I tried to describe it as much as I could in the book, and I'm, of course, describing it as much as I can in my life presentations. But those things cannot be really put on paper. They, they were such horror. Everything you read and you see is not even 10% what really was happening. You have a beautiful phrase that I would love for you to tell the students about humanity. Could you repeat that in your own words? Are you meaning that when I said that humanity was forgotten? Yes. I, I think coming from you with what you mean with that sentence will open up a different world for the students of Tulare that are listening right now. Um, this is really, my message is more than just to be active. You cannot be a bystander. You have to be an upstander. And in the smallest injustice, in the smallest, tiniest injustice you see, you have to step in. And you are a hero when you step in. And if you can't do it by yourself, then you bring with you your friends that you play ball. <clears throat> but don't stay silent, please. Please don't stay silent. <clears throat> that is beautiful. But um, I, I want to ask right now to Andre. Andre, does your class understand what she means when humanity was lost? Yes, yes, they do. They do, because I, I, I had never heard that word, I mean, that kind of sentence, and it really struck me as it... it I think Anita is totally right to say no matter how many movies we see, how many Holocaust books we read, we, we rarely get the opportunity to talk some, to someone like Anita. And, right. and, and it kind of opens up a world that is unimaginable for us that have a home, that have parents, to know that everything is wiped out and that the word freedom, you know, is... Mm -hmm. is nothing exists anymore to, and I just wanted to make sure that your students understood that yes they do thank you for asking that's a great question yeah when humanity was lost so any student next question or Andre if you have a question you're more than welcome yeah um, I was wondering did, did you ever make friends in the camp and did you after, after the war did you ever reunite with them or see them Ah, beautiful question. Anita, yes. did you make friends in the camp? You cannot survive or do anything in life without a friend. Yes, there were always people. For example, when I went to Hamburg to slave labor out of Auschwitz uh, in, in, the ninth, in, the 43, in 1943, I was the youngest of 500 uh, women. And a bunch of college girls sort of like took care of me. They made sure that even we had to stand in queues of five, that somebody was standing there with me. Um, <clears throat> it was really touching. You know what? I do not remember that anybody stole from the other person. And that touched me more than anything. I said to myself, there is still 
in us there is humanity, but the world forgot about humanity. Mm-hmm. They, and as I said, you in everything, in school you need a friend, in life you need a friend, you need a friend for everything. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of upstanders indirectly, Anita, within the camp, is that true? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. And did like Andre said, did you meet any of them later or is it too silly of us to think you would want to reunite? It's a little bit of both. Okay. I, th- I think I want, in a way, I wanted to make new friends, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, I needed people that had similar experiences because there I f- was more comfortable. I didn't have teenage years. Nobody nurtured me. So that was kind of a, of a both yes and no. I did make new friends, of course, and I tried to be like everybody else, but I wasn't. Because what I saw and what I experienced was just engraved in, in my memory. Okay. Wow. That is amazing, though. Um, next question, please. Hi, um, my name is Cohen, and I just wanted to know if why why you thought that they went after the Jews. <laughs> Very good question, Cohen. Anita, why do you feel that they went after the Jews? Um, <clears throat> I think that every war has is about economics. Don't forget, Germany was paying reparations from the First World War. There was a, there was a, there was an economic crisis in, in, uh, in Germany. And I think Hitler came with that idea, we will take away from the Jews, they are a minority, there are not soldiers, they, they are people that, that pray, they won't be able to, 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 to come up and, and, and be against us, they were just, and, and they took away actually from the Jewish people. They took us out of our lives. They took our businesses, they took our, our belongings, they took out, they, they, they didn't let the kids go to school to educate themselves, to, to prepare themselves for adult life. And, and that was a systematic discrimination, the systematic degradation and taking away a piece of your humanity, a piece of the ability to be a person in the future. But did that ever, um, Anita, I, I just kind of thought of another question with what Cohen said, but, but it must make you, as a child, just really wonder, why you? Why this culture? Why, you because know? They were, a minor, they were a minority. They were absolute minority, and they were, they were, most of them were, were prospering. They, they had businesses. i give you a life example. Let's say okay. Mr. Cohen has a shirt factory. And Mr. Schmidt is his foreman. Okay. And there, it's a very prosperous thing. Now comes the Nazi... Uh, now, now the Nazis come into, let's say, Germany. Mm-hmm. They, they invade... They, does anybody know what Kristallnacht is? No. Kristallnacht was happened... It was in Germany, November 
38, November 9, 38, that they call it Kristallnacht, which in a translation means the night of the broken crystal, the night of broken crystal, yeah. where, where it was by the government, by the, by the Nazi government that ju just occupied um, uh, Austria, Mm -hmm. And Czechoslovakia went a little bit later. They broke synagogues. They occupied uh, the businesses. Like I started to tell you about Mr. Cohen's factory. They said, okay, Mr. Cohen, it's not anymore your factory. Mr. Schmidt will be now the owner of the factory. If he wants to hire you, if he needs, if he needs you, he will hire you. But if he doesn't, you don't have, he doesn't have to. But to Mr. Schmidt, they said, you got to make sure that you give the vote to us and that your wife will give us a vote and your brother and your cousin and your second cousin. That's how Hitler was buying his votes. And then they started with a fear to inflict the fear that if you don't join, you will be persecuted like the Jews, or like whatever else they were persecuting. Of Does course. it answer the question? I think it really answers the question. We're going to a commercial break real quickly, Colin, and afterwards you can answer us if you understood it. We'll be right back, everyone. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A. V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com Now, 
Back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and we're listening to Holocaust survivor Anita Shore, and we have Marion Stahl, the author of Be a Hero, on the phone. And last but not least, and very important, the students of Tulare Union High School with Andre. Before I go back to you guys, the students, I just have a real quick um, question for Marion. Marion, when Anita was talking about the economic crisis, something kind of popped up for me. And um, I haven't read everything of the book yet. Uh, could you just explain to me? I mean, I understand the economic crisis in, in Germany, but for the students too, they didn't really get rich of doing what they did, did they? I mean, did the Nazis get richer just by stealing everything that was of the Jewish population? If there was a certain amount of pintering, uh, you know, where people took art, and we're still trying to figure out who it belonged to, uh, that was taken by a lot of the um, the soldiers and are mm-hmm. uh, in um, museums now, and, um, you know, did they do this intentionally to really... Uh, you know, in wars, people do steal. But I think that what she's talking about, which is the business aspect, I think a lot of that was going on where, you know, um, somebody would take on a partner and then when the German came in, it basically, everybody who had a Jewish identity had to basically disappear from the business and the German owners would take over the business. So it was a sense that, you know, they were... Um, disowned. I mean, in the wow. book, we talk about uh, one of a kid whose parents were basically sent out to another country and said, well, you can't live here anymore because, you know, you don't really have German identity. So leave now. Go back to Poland. And the Polish said, no, you can't live in Poland because, you know, and there was there was a big part of the book that talks about this event that started Kristallnacht because... Okay. Child was very angry, and he just said, this is impossible. My parents have no home, and he went and uh, killed somebody in Paris, and that's what started Kristallach. And it's, it's fascinating how it all developed, you know. It just kind of, it was really a pyramid of hate, where it's... It's so hard, I think, for all of us listening to understand this pyramid of hate. But thank you so much for answering that. That's clearer for me to uh, to understand now about the economic part of it. And just by the way, Marion, and for all the students listening, um, I haven't seen it, so I cannot comment, really. But when Marion just talked about, when Marion just talked about um, the... Um, the paintings and the art that people are still wondering who it belonged to. There is a movie in Hollywood that was just made, I know it's out in the theaters, that's actually talking about that, where four or five guys go to try to save the art uh, from the Nazis. I don't know how accurate it is, but I know that movie is out there. Okay, back to the students. Who would like to ask Anita a question? Hi, my name is Emily Rising. Hi, Emily. Hi. Um, did you ever lose hope? Ah, Anita, do you yeah, ever lose hope? Yeah, repeat it, please. Yes. I can't hear you, Anita. Um, I cannot hear the student's question. 
Okay, the student just asked, do you ever lose hope? No. And here I will take a moment out. Um, that was middle school I was in uh, a year or so ago. One student asked me, what does it take to survive? Ah. I was taken aback with such a compact, excellent question, and I wanted very much to answer it in the, in the same way. And I came up with hope and perseverance. No, you can never lose hope. And then it occurred to me, because it was happening now, and I'm living a normal life, we actually need hope and perseverance in everything we do. We need hope and perseverance when we finish middle school, high school, college, and we, that we need hope and perseverance to find a job afterwards, and then to find, uh, open up to love and, and find somebody that you will be their soul sister, soul brother. And everything you do needs hope and perseverance, and it was needed in the camps, because those people that lost hope, they did not survive. Does that answer your question, young lady? Yes, it does. Okay, super. So we do need hope and perseverance. I agree totally. Next question, please. Hi, my name is Brianna. I was wondering, Hi, Brianna. have you returned to your hometown since being liberated? Anita, have you ever returned to your hometown since being liberated? Yes. I returned, so, I, re I returned there right after the war because I thought I could find something. We gave some stuff to people and our seamstress returned everything. We, she returned some silver, she returned clothing, she returned the skis and the, she returned everything we gave her. But we had a we had a Steinway piano. My father and mother they, they owned a Steinway piano because I come from a very musical fact, uh, family. That's why there is a piano on the cover because piano and beautiful mu music were probably the essence of my life when I was a kid and when things were good. And my father said to me. In, in the camp, in Terezin, where I was first, if you come home before I do, make sure you go to the storage house. And I had to repeat all the time, I had to repeat that street and the number of the street. So I should, he wanted to make sure that I remember. And he said, go to the storage house, take out the piano and sell it. You will get a lot of money for that. Hmm. But when I came to the storage house, they said that the storage house burned and nothing in the storage house was left. And, and I was too young and I was hurting too much to be there. Every corner reminded me of, of, of my parents, my brother, my friends, my school, my, the opera house, the this, the that. I was, I was hurting too much, so I got out of there real quick. Thank you, Anita, for answering that really personal question. Next question, students. Hello, my name is Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn. Hi. What were your Hi. emotions going into the camp? And once you were there, what was your motivation to keep going? Uh, um, you must uh, repeat it, Gabriella. S say it once more. Sorry, young lady. No problem. What were your emotions going into the camp? And once you were there, what was your motivation to keep going? 
what were your there there's two questions Anita the first question is what was your emotion when you were basically dragged with your family against your will to the camp uh, I, I sort of a little heard it and I will probably answer both questions together together okay uh, because <clears throat> the fear and the desperation you don't you you can't you can't fight back if they have a gun at your back they, you you had no choice the emotions were fear and we didn't know what will be the next minute all the rumors were that they were killing people they were doing this and that you you were so overwhelmed with with fear and with with they incapacitated your actions totally and and the other question is uh, why people have people want to survive people there is a tremendous amount of energy and and feeling to survival everybody wants to survive you just if you are tested it comes out there isn't such a thing really that people don't want to live those people that that give up like this they are just not around and they certainly didn't make it out of concentration camps does it answer your question Yes it does thank you Can I add something Sure I I think that what I perceived from um Anita was also the tremendous amount of pressure she felt because she was hungry Hi what happened She was hungry to and would do anything. We have some technical problems, right? I say. Okay, can everybody hear me? Yeah, I can. I can. You're back. I will try to explain hunger to the young people that just finished lunch probably. No, 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 you are in a different time zone. What time is it for you there? It is uh 20 to 10 for them. Okay. So you finished a good breakfast. <laughs> yes. Uh hunger is very difficult to describe. Hunger is a total disarming emotion. It gets you by the stomach and then it occupies your whole psyche. You suddenly are totally um ruled by hunger because hunger is heat everybody shivers they shiver in the middle of that summer everybody is is the the mind is also uh, incapacitated by by not having food because the the the, the food it creates oxygen to to come to your brain there is something in hunger that it you cannot think about anything else just how to get your next food and we were fed in such a way that after we ate 
the little piece of bread with a tiny little piece of margarine the size of a maybe a postal stamp and and noontime there was a contraption of a soup that it, we didn't know the name even of the vegetables because those vegetables were served to cattle not to people and from the beginning when we came to camp we, we just pushed away the soup we couldn't even swallow it and the people that were there from before they gobbled it down we couldn't understand how can they swallow it and three days later we were the same you did not care what you ate because you couldn't exist without food and that's the only thing you had does it answer does it answer your question yes okay next please um hi my name is fabby hi fabby hi um were you ever scared not knowing what was going to happen to you after being after the war being liberated? You know, I am a notorious optimist. My son says my mom is an optimist bordering with stupidity, and I probably am, but... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't know about the students, but I'm sure they're all laughing too. Keep going, Anita. We need need a laugh sometimes too. Yes, we do. I always saw myself coming back and having the same life and I think that was a part of really my survival that I was I was being in the future where where everything good is going to happen again. Wow. Yeah, I agree totally. Next question please. Hello. Yeah, I was wondering, this is the teacher, Mr. Martinez, and I was wondering, um, what, what do you think the big takeaway for a student would be from your story? What should be the takeaway? Yeah, what would yes. you think they would learn? I will, I will answer what the kids write notes to me after, after a presentation. Okay. The, the things they are taking away from it is, number one, how precious their homes are. How they, they put themselves into, into my shoes and they, and, they think, and they think that if they would lose all this, they couldn't make it. But they don't know that there is enough will to, to, to live in all of us. We don't know it unless we, have, unless we call on it. And unfortunately, those which did not call on their strengths, they just didn't make it. And then the next thing the students always get, I have a, I have a situation there in my, in my uh, story or book of that happened then, however, however you want to call it. Uh, there was a time in Auschwitz where there were, there was a sign for healthy women from the age of 18. Uh, to, to 52, um, they have to sign up. They will be going to to the uh, to work in Hamburg, and my mother pushed me, and she, I was 14 at that point. Go tell them you are 18, you are strong. Go, go. And she pushed me, and suddenly was there already on my way. I turned back to her and I said, "Why do you 
why don't you come with me? And she was standing there to my, with my brother, who was five years younger, so he was nine at that point. She said, I cannot leave your brother. He is going to forget his name, and we will never find him. And she turned around and walked away, and I stood there with tears in my eyes, rolling down my cheeks, with a feeling I, my mother doesn't love me. Out of this, the, the selfish emotion, I totally misinterpreted the whole thing. I thought my mother didn't love me, and she, of course, saved my life, because right after we left, uh, they all went to the gas chambers. That's, that's every, every student remembers that. And there is another a situation that I find very important also to show the students that not every German was bad. When I, when I was in Hamburg on forced labor, we were in a bombing and the bombing covered my body and I was starting to have difficulties to breathe when a German soldier tripped over my leg and pulled me out and seconds before I probably would have choked of a lack of air, he, I was breathing again, and, and he asked me who I was and what was my name and how old I was, and I was stuttering because I was still uh, from, from the impact of the, of the being covered with earth. I was almost at 14, and I said, no, 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 I'm 18, and he said, relax, relax. And he was telling me he was a professor in a professor in 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 a in a uh, high school no in a college where he was teaching french and you know he said he said you know he was devastated he said children are at war and then after he spoke to me so nice he put his hand behind his back and i thought he's going to shoot me now and they came a package and the package had bread in it uh, and he sandwich and he brought the sandwich to have and gave me half and then he told me that on my birthday he will let me not work a whole day and he will give me his whole bread and, and his, his eyes were glassy I knew that he was he was very much upset that his country was doing such a thing and and this is what students um, that I have to take another moment to tell another thing that I don't think is in enough books or maybe I haven't found one. There was a, uh, in, in, in Germany were two armies, the big army, the SS army, when you see the uniforms with the two SSs, they were all a volunteer army. But there was, another, yeah. and there, there was another army called Wehrmacht that, is, that was the country of Germany because Germany was at war and there was, um, and, and there was a draft and if you don't answer the draft, you are, a, you are a deserter and you are immediately taken to jail. I do not say that all the people in Wehrmacht were good. But many of them were, and they did not want to participate in in the Nazi in the Nazi destruction of the world and totally total destruction of the people that were Jewish. And I would like the students something to please understand that in Germany and in Czechoslovakia and in Austria and in other other countries in Europe, not all of them, the Jewish people were extremely, extremely integrated. 
they were they were some of them just were born Jewish. They didn't even they didn't even even practice Judaism. But for the Nazis, everybody was a Jew, and everybody didn't have the right to live because um, Hitler was building a Rasse, a clear race. They should be tall and beautiful, with blue eyes and blonde hair. I don't think he looked in the mirror because he certainly wasn't tall and beautiful. <laughs> he certainly didn't have blue hair, or blonde, <laughs> blue eyes, or blonde hair. <laughs> Okay, I think I think Andre and the students. I can't hear the students laugh, but I know you're laughing because she's totally right, Anita. Um, Hitler really did not look in the mirror because he was a dark, short little man. I think, right? He was short, yeah, wasn't he, Anita? With, with a big masculine mustache. Yes, because it made him look taller <laughs> and more powerful. And more powerful. But one of the things that I heard from you, Anita, with with this message, I think there's more, um, even more that you would like the students to take away. I mean, I I love that you want to teach the students to be an upstander, to always help with every little injustice, because that's something that all of these students can do in their lives, in their daily lives, in school, and they're going to college pretty soon or universities where they can help other people just by being kind, just by reaching out and smiling to them or sharing a sandwich with another human being um, I, oh, gave, uh, okay. gave Anita hope, right, Anita? There is more than hope. I would like you to make a promise to yourself, more than a promise. Okay. You would, you would, I'm talking to the students now. Yes. I want you to make a... To, to, to decide that you will not stay silent, that you will not ask the second person to do it, or you won't wait until somebody else will do it. Because you must, somebody has to start doing the right thing. And this is uh, actually uh, Mr. Mandela's uh, thing that he was always saying, let's forget about the past, just let's start to do the right thing. And I think this is an incredible thing that he said, and I think this would probably be the best solution to stop all the injustice and the bullying and the discrimination and, and the pointing of the finger at people like we were pointing at having a star, a Jewish star, a yellow star with Judah in it. That was the beginning of it. They pointed to, to us. Then they put us in, 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 in clothing that look, so we should look like criminals. We were criminals Can without a crime. Can you tell these students real quickly, because we're very close to closing, Anita, I had never heard the different color stars. And Andre, I don't know if you have ever heard this, but Anita, tell them real quickly about the different colors. Sure. I, 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 I like, I look at, I am a, I'm an expert actually in colors because I did finally learn to do graphic arts and this was what I was uh, doing all my life. So my feeling for color in objects and in art is very astute. But when I come to people, I turn colorblind. And, and this is one thing we all have to be because we, we are little different around the world. But inside... As human beings, we are all the same. So we are brothers regardless what color we are. 
I understand that. But you told me in one of the first segments I had with you that there were different colors Jewish stars. And I had never heard that until you. We I have a few I, seconds left. Can you quickly I don't, tell I the stars? No, I don't think I said it because I don't know about it. You don't know? You said there were yellow stars and red stars. No, 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 no. no? That was in, no, no, wait a minute. This was when in Auschwitz. Yeah, the, I know. The Jewish people had a yellow okay. star. The communists had a red triangle. There you go. The gays had a pink triangle and the and the gypsies had a purple square a, a way of discriminating even when we were all in Auschwitz and we were all dressed in striped uniforms even there they discriminated this is a Jew this is a communist this is a gay this is a gypsy they, fragmenting they, fragmenting humanity fragmenting what is also dear to us to we have human beings. Sorry to cut you. We have a few seconds left. Andre, I think those last words were quite amazing from her because I did not know that there was a, even within Auschwitz, such a discrimination. Absolutely. I had no idea either. That's, See, that's I had no idea. I had no idea. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think for the children, uh, for the students, sorry about that, is really, really good to know, too. I would have been a gypsy, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> Probably. And me, and, too. And, me and, too. And, and I think Anita, too. I think, first of all, Marion Stahl for bringing the story to everyone. Feel free to check it out on Amazon. And I will do my best because, students, I will meet Anita in person on Monday, Monday. in Connecticut. And I will, I will get a book for you, hopefully signed by her, and I will get it to your teacher, Andre. I thank you so much for all participating and being thank on this you. show. If ever, Andre, you have other questions, feel free to email me. The students can email me too. And Anita, you're obviously uh, the major part here. We thank you for bringing this story to do us. Time to, to, do I have time to say something? To you me? have time to say one more thing, and then we're going to get cut thing. off. Right. If you are a, you were now a witness to a history, yes. now it makes you a witness to carry it into the future. Thank so you. So please don't forget me, don't forget the Jewish people, and don't forget our freedom that we are enjoying. And don't forget to be really kind and happy and grateful for what we have, because all of us go home to our families every day. For the students out there, keep going, learn about history, and be kind to one another. Goodbye, everyone, and it was thank a you. great Mind Radio show, and I thank you very much to Larry's students. Thank you, oh, thank you for thank Larry. You, Gabriella. Thank you, Thank you, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Gabriella. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.